0: And, uh, I made you a Christmas message uh, the week. Uh, that might be, is that next week? Yes. Christmas? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I may, I don't know. I didn't even know what I was going to pre- teach on today uh, until earlier this week, uh, midweek, and uh, I just been praying about it all month. What's next? What's next? Uh, what do you want me to teach on? I don't want to just teach to teach. I'm mm-hmm. not teaching, I'm not preaching, but I don't want to just teach to teach. Mm-hmm. That is not how I operate. That's not how I want to operate. I can't easily put together a message, but I don't want to do that. And I just praying about it, and different things, and this whole idea about the kingdom of God came to mind. And what even just inspired a thought, it wasn't, I don't even know if this was necessarily spiritual or, I thought, but I, I've heard through the years, and even recent months and whatnot, just in passing, talking to other pastors and teachers, and other people who go to other churches and whatnot, and, and, I can't remember, there's not a direct thought or quote or even circumstance, it's just the fact that uh, our church talks about the kingdom. And just off the the cuff, that sounds good. And I've actually had nothing against that. I'm all about the kingdom. I'm all about the kingdom of God. But it also, to me, was a generic response. Because there's a lot of different aspects of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while we get people knocking on the door talking about a kingdom. Mm-hmm. But they won't talk about the king, exactly. And we have other people who will talk about the king, but they don't operate in the kingdom. And uh, there's other aspects of that. And it just, was, I'm all for the kingdom of God. I'm all about preaching and teaching and operating the kingdom of God. But what is the kingdom of God? And how does that look like? We're gonna we're celebrating Christmas season about our king coming, at the Son of God. God manifests Himself in the flesh through Jesus Christ, our King, our Prince of Peace. But what is the Kingdom of God? What does it look like? Just before Jesus was ascended, in Acts chapter 1, and after the resurrection, He was talking. it says that He was talking 40 days about the Kingdom of God. And His disciples asked Him, the very last words they were asking before He was ascended, was, are you at this time going to restore or establish the Kingdom of God? And He said... His words, I'm just paraphrasing, is that it's not for you to know the times and the seasons, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and be my witnesses in, to uh, Jerusalem, to Judea, to Mary, and the uttermost parts of the world. But what is the kingdom of God? And so I want to talk about the, what I'm uh, phrasing the gospel of the kingdom, and I'll explain that more as we get going into this. It makes sense mm-hmm. so far? And so I just ran about this and was like, what is the kingdom of God? And and so, and how does that operate? And uh, and, and there's more to them than just that that's inspiring this message. But uh, uh, I want his kingdom to come Mm -hmm. and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are part of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And we are part of a kingdom that he said is not of this world. But, and then, so anyway, I'm getting a little ahead of my message here already, because I'm already quoting some of my, my <laughs> verses, but uh, just anyway, so anyway, with that in mind, let's get started this morning, and I'm going to start with, uh, uh, I'm going to quote something from Matthew chapter 3 here, All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 3, we'll begin with verse 1, I have uh, several scriptures this morning, if I get that far, uh, so some of these are just, making reference to something, uh, so I don't have a major, major text this morning so far. Uh, but we're picking up what John the Baptist here in uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching the, in the wilderness of Judea and saying, and this was his message, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Fast forward with me to chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And we'll notice that Jesus, uh, we'll talk about Jesus here. And Jesus had the very same message. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, just for a moment, I'm going to just deal with this word repent. I'm not going to necessarily teach on repentance. But because of the word comes up, repent for the kingdom of God is here, or the kingdom of God is at hand. The word repent, manitonia in the Greek, means to change your mind, change the way you think. Change the way you think because the kingdom of God is here. And that's one, the one main point I'm just going to keep driving in. The kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. I'm not, I don't have scriptures for this this morning, but later on we'll find out in Matthew and also Luke and other parts of the, the gospel letters that Jesus sent the 12 and he sent the 70. Go preach that the kingdom of God is here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons because the kingdom of God is here. But the word repent means to change your mind. The Bible says in Proverbs that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Paul said to be carnally to be naturally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Paul also said that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. How we think is important. And some of us need to change our diagram and change the way we think. Repent because the kingdom of God is here. We see the things happening in the world. We see the things happening maybe in in, in society. We see things happening maybe in our own lives. Maybe there's a physical problem. Maybe there's a financial problem. Maybe there's a family or relational problem. Maybe there's there's all kinds of issues in this world because of the fall and because of, of, of society. But repent because the kingdom of God is here. Change your mind, get your mind off the problem and get your mind on the solution. Amen. Because the kingdom of God is here. And, and, and the situation may have been raining in your life. It may have been raining in your family. It may have been raining in your body or in your finances. And it may have been raining for generations and generations. But repent because the kingdom of God is here. Change your mind. Change the way you're thinking. Change what you're focused on. Change. Come out from under. Don't talk to God about your situation. Talk to your situation about your God. Amen. Because the kingdom of God is here. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 So, with that, uh, let's go forward in Matthew. Uh, let me get my reference here. Matthew chapter 9. Uh, actually, the same passage. Let's skip down to verse 23. It's been a while since I've taught this way, so I'm getting used to using my iPad again. But I just wasn't, I wasn't, I felt like Saul's, Saul's armor using the PowerPoint. It just wasn't <laughs> me. Uh, I, I just couldn't move around like I normally do and operate uh, in the spirit. As I normally feel like I can do when I teach So Anyway, I'm getting back into my groove here. But verse 23, same context. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching that's where this phrase comes from from the title of our message the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people I just want to echo that again Jesus went about all Galilee all throughout the region preaching in their synagogues that the the gospel of the kingdom he preached it and then he demonstrated it the gospel of the kingdom and this is where we're going to stem a lot of our message from before we get too deep in there, I want to use a few more verses. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, we'll pick it up in verse 35. It says, "Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And again, here we every sickness and every disease among the people, almost identical to what we just read in chapter 4, verse uh, mm-hmm. 21 or 23, whatever that was. He went about all the region, preaching the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. Okay? I'm to use one more. Mark chapter 1. So we're going to switch books here. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Now after John was put in prison, John the Baptist, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, this is what he taught, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is here, or the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, change your mind, and believe in the gospel. These are all just introductory verses right now that I'm just using to to kind of set a little bit of the stage, a little bit of my heart. But uh, before we get too deep and we'll talk about the kingdom, uh, uh, since we're talking about the gospel of the kingdom, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the gospel, and we'll talk, a t- 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 talk about the kingdom. Does <laughs> that make sense? just in an introductory here. Sorry. So we're talking about the gospel. Real quick, uh, let's just refer to uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Sorry. That's okay we are good in Romans chapter 1 and is have uh i, I taught on this many times in the past he says paul says for i actually you know what i want to toggle to the uh, King james i like how the king james says this better than how i particular word that comes out so I'm gonna romans chapter 1 verse 16 i'm gonna uh, go to the uh, King james and paul says for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is. It's not the gospel. It, a, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and to salvation to everyone that believeth through the Jew first and also the Greek. The gospel is the power of God. The gospel is. It doesn't say the gospel should be the power of God. It doesn't say the gospel could be the power of God. It doesn't say the gospel will be the power of God. The gospel is is the very essence of the power of God. When we say the word power, we studied this last week in our last message, and a lot of we'll find out as we get deeper in this message, this is just a continuation on our last series about the promises of God. But last week I talked a little bit about the power of God, and this word power is the word dunamis that we used last week. And the, the word dunamis... I've been studying this in the Greek and I just learned something from and, uh, last the week before last the word "dynamis" means it is the, it's the miracle working power of God and when you study that out in Thayer it's a, it's a, the lexicon that we use to study a lot of these Greek words the word "dynamis" it says that this power is inherited by nature how many of you know that we are born again? mm-hmm And we are born again of a new nature. And in this nature that we have received, we have received the miracle-working power of God by nature, by being born again. The gospel is the power of God. And this is where I like the King James, unto salvation. And we understand the word salvation, Tarian and it's Ruth Sozo, means wholeness. Mm -hmm. It means healing. It means deliverance. It means prosperity. It's an all inclusive word. That the gospel is the power, the miracle working power of God inherited by nature unto experiencing the salvation of God. Mm. So, as we're talking about the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel is the is the miracle-working power of God inherited by nature for us to experience the salvation of God. And where maybe sickness has reigned, or poverty has reigned, or or division and strife has reigned, or, or, or sin and addiction has reigned, We have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, and we have been translated into the gospel of his kingdom. And repent, change your mind, because the kingdom of God is here. Jesus preached in in Mark, he says, repent and believe the gospel. He was preaching the kingdom of God is here. And in that message he told them, repent and believe the gospel, because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. That
1: believeth.
0: I mean, you know that we can believe it theologically. But in the moment, in the circumstance, in the heat of the moment, in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the midst of the battle, it's easy to get our eyes off the gospel. It's easy to get our eyes off the truth. It's easy to get our eyes off the kingdom of God. It's easy to get our eyes off who we are in Christ and get our eyes on the storm. And it begins to rain over. And it begins to control the way we think, the way we uh, conduct ourselves. Like this gentleman who locked himself in the room. The kingdom of darkness has consumed his mind in, in different ways. And it's not a put down, it's not a combination, but it's, it's uh, just a fact of the matter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: he needs, in a sense, repent, change his mind because the kingdom of God is mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. He needs a revelation of the kingdom of God. He needs a revelation of the gospel. He needs a revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus. Does that make sense? And we all need that. That's why we come to this table of remembrance. To remind it that his body was broken for us. Reminded the blood of his covenant that was shed for us. And we have be reminded that the gospel of the kingdom and the kingdom of God is here. Now let me just say this about the kingdom. A kingdom, just by the, the word if you break the word apart, is a, a king having dominion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A king is not a king if he doesn't have dominion over whatever region or whatever territory he has his ruler are reigning over. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. We have a king if we're a part of a kingdom, then that means we have a king,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he rules and he reigns. <coughs> And this definition, I got this definition from Dwayne Sheriff from years back. And I like this definition from the, when I talk about the kingdom of God. And it's talking about the saving, redemptive reign and rule of God in our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to say that again. The saving,
0: redemptive rule and reign of God in our lives. I like that. Mm-hmm. He is my king. He's my savior. But he is also my Lord. And he's He's Lord over my life. He's Lord over my thoughts. Repent, change your mind. He's Lord over my, my circumstance. He's Lord over my family. He's Lord over my church. He's Lord over my city and my region. He is Lord over my circumstance, over my body, over my finances, over everything that concerns me. He is my king, and I am part of the kingdom of God. And that we're here as not only in this church, but as a church, our message to the world is repent because the kingdom of God is here. And some of us need to be reminded, repent. Get off the roller coaster in your mind and your emotions. Repent and change your mind because the kingdom of God is here. It's the gospel of the kingdom. <clears throat> is this making sense so far? Yes. I'm just barely getting, getting going, but I'm just setting some stage for, for some things as we get into this. The kingdom of God is here. Okay? let's go to John chapter 6 uh, 18 and I want to talk about to the new King James. I'll be there for most of the time. And Jesus answered and said, "My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. There's a lot lot I'm going to teach from this passage, but I just want to make this point that Jesus made. My kingdom is not in this world. There's a lot of things I can glean from that, but one thing I want to glean from that, that the kingdom of God is not limited by natural boundaries. Granted, someone can, I was using this young young man as an example. Granted, he can shut the world out a closed door. But the kingdom of God is not of this world. It's not limited. It's not limited by space. It's not limited by... He's the God of the universe. And there is nowhere the spirit of God cannot go. His kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is where the king reigns and rules. Yes, and there's a we can get into about God has given the reign and worship to man over the earth man gave that to Satan, and Christ has redeemed that back. And we'll get into some scriptures a little bit about how that, how that has been restored. But his kingdom is not of this world. And so it's, we cannot understand the kingdom of God just through natural means. And actually, I'm going to get a little ahead of myself. Uh, let's go to John 3.3. 3. We'll come back to something here in a minute. But John 3.3. 3. He's talking, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Versus, are, you, are you familiar with this passage? But he says in verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Nicodemus, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you were to fast forward in verse 5, he says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Not only can you not enter the kingdom, unless someone is born again, not only can you not enter the kingdom of God, but this always, has always intrigued me through the years. Not only can you not enter the kingdom of God, but you can't even see it. Unless someone is born again, they can't understand the kingdom of God. They can't understand the principles of God's kingdom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and so there's going to be sometimes even an opposition to those who are not a part of the kingdom of God's kingdom. They're not going to see it. So some people who are not born again, are some people who are not in their right mind. They can't see the kingdom of God. And my heart is that the God will open their eyes, that they can see. Remember, uh, this not, has nothing to do with my message, but remember the time with Elijah, I forget if it was Elisha and Elisha, and the enemy was camped around, the enemy was coming at them. And, and Elisha, in order to open his eyes, he can see that there's more with us yeah. than there's yeah. more with That's them. I don't care what we're going through. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how g- enormous it is. I don't care how powerful it seems. I don't care how long it's been, in, you know, the, when we minister to people, the ones that are the hardest are the ones where it's been going on a long time. The longevity of the problem. The longevity, or the genera- it can be gone, gone on for generations. Especially when we're talking about a physical thing or some type of uh, strife, or some kind of type of conflict the longer it's been going on, it seems like it, it becomes more permeated, becomes more uh, branded, and, and uh, that it's not going to change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That it's unchangeable. It's been going on for so long. Mm. It's, been, it's, it, it's, 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 it's unchangeable. It's over. Well, it's not over till God says it's over. Mm. And even if it's dead, even if it's deader than dead, he is the resurrection and the life. And the kingdom of God is here. Amen. I don't care how dead it is. I don't care how gone it is. He is the resurrection and the life. The kingdom of God. It's a kingdom. We're not just using phraseology. We're not just using Christianese language. Or Christian cliches. It's a kingdom. And it's, it's ruled by a king. And and then we're going to get into it, it's because of the redemptive, saving, redemptive reign and rule of God that the circumstances can change. Amen. Amen? Yes. Amen. And, uh, and so, uh, we're just getting into uh, the kingdom of God. Let's go back real quick and a couple more verses I want to get into before I get into some other things. Go with goes with Luke. Luke uh, we'll start with Luke 17. And some of these scriptures we've heard before, so, uh, you know how you know how familiar the scriptures can become that you actually we actually forget what we read? Or we don't pay attention to some of the things, we just kinda of glance over. Mm-hmm. And uh if, uh, uh the middle context here, but verse twenty one says, Nor will they say, hear or see or see there. For indeed the kingdom of God is within you. In other words, Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God is not there or here. The kingdom of God is within. It's a spiritual kingdom. And actually, it kind of goes with the same thing, but uh, go with me to Luke chapter, I think it's 12, verse 32. And it says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you. This is awesome. Not only is the kingdom of God here. Not only is the saving, redemptive reign and rule of God here. Not only is the gospel the power of God into salvation. But God has given us the kingdom. And that kingdom is within us. Could you imagine someone giving you a kingdom? I mean, we, we, we maybe here in the West, we we can't necessarily, we're not kingdom-minded as far as, you know, a dynasty of that nature or whatnot. But let's just think of some, let's just think of a uh, a, a company. Let's just go with like In-N-Out Burger or something. Something that's a, just a, a big company. Sounds good. Would it be okay if someone just gave you the, the, the ownership of that and you just, this is yours? Sure. You, you, you now, in a sense, over that company, you are now king. Over that company. You are the CEO, you're the the owner, you're a pet, whatever you say goes. Uh, All the employees, all the management, all the income, all the problems, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, 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 I mean, I'm just trying to understand when God says, I have given you the kingdom. I get this from a Spider Man movie we watched years ago, but with great power comes great responsibility. Amen. The Bible says that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we use that when we're talking about a president and the government and their plights. But we are the righteousness of God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the kingdom of God has been given to us. And so with that power comes great responsibility.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We need to use that to demonstrate. And to do what Jesus, how he sent the 12, he sent the 70, and how John the Baptist and how Jesus ministry, preaching the kingdom of God is here, healing the sick, raising the dead, and, and setting people free. Jesus said the Spirit, and I believe we can make this our own, the Spirit, and we talked about this in the last couple of weeks, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, and he has anointed us to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to heal the brokenhearted, and set the captives free. We have been given the Spirit of God and the, Spirit and the the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is within us, and it is not just a status, it's not just a badge, it's not just a uh, fire insurance to go to heaven. it is who we are. And we're part we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. Mm-hmm. And, and just like the apostles, we can change the world upside down, or right side up, but more rather, because the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is not of this world, but we are in the world, but we're not of the world, but we are here by God's grace and God's authority to change the world, Amen. for his name's sake. That makes sense? Yes. Okay? All right. While well, that was just introduction, but I hope we get stuff here. Okay, that's, uh, I've been quoting some of these verses, but let's go here. Let's go to Colossians one thirteen. It says, uh, Paul, he has delivered us. Uh, I always like looking at the tense and things. He has delivered us. It's not, it doesn't say he's going to deliver us, he has already delivered us from mm-hmm. the power of darkness and yeah. conveyed us or translated us into the kingdom of his Actually, I, I like uh, the King James on this one too, so I'm just going to talk a little quick. Uh, I don't have my highlights up here. But he hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his just son. Actually, this is going to go with another verse. I don't know about here. Let's go to Romans 5.17. I don't know if this is on my agenda, but I'm just going to go here anyway. And I want to talk it back to you, King James. For by the one's man of offense, Adam, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and have the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Amen. God has translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. And then we just read here in Romans 5:17 due yeah, through, through Adam's offense, to his sin, through his uh, treason, if you will. Death reigned. And death, the kingdom of darkness, death has been reigning since Adam to the cross over mankind. And those who haven't received Christ, death is still reigning. And death is still reigning in people's lives with sickness and diseases and all different things. I'm not condemning them, but sickness, didn't, Adam didn't experience sickness. He didn't before the fall. He didn't experience lack. He didn't experience strife. He didn't experience a lot of the things that we have experienced because of the fall. And it says in Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse. And so death should no longer be a problem in our life. And I'm not talking about uh, natural death in, in the sense of uh, uh, Scripture says it's been appointed a man once to die. But in Christ we have already died. We have already put off the old man and the spirit of our minds we have already put on the new man who is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. But most of us, we might not use the language, but we recognize that death or sickness or other problems of this fallen world have been reigning over our lives. Amen. You just have to look at the news, which is not even news anymore. <laughs> but it just uh, I'm not going to go there, even though I opened that door. You know, uh, but uh, um, but you just look at society, and you see death raining all over the place. Mm-hmm. You see the corruption. You see the way, p- way people think and talk. If you look at the hospitals, I mean, you, you can even watch a show now, and you can't even watch the commercials anymore. The commercials are worse than the than the. the and I'm not just talking about uh, immorality and stuff. Even though that's all in there, it's, know, it's the medications and stuff. You take this medication, you'll be cured from that problem. It might kill you, but you'll be okay from that problem. You'll be okay from all problems if you die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's it. And I'm not promoting that. Don't give me wrong. I'm being facetious. But uh, death has been raining over people's lives. And people are... Uh, death is in our world. But much more... Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they shall, and I love the the language, they will reign. That's not that they could reign or they should reign. They will reign. In life. Not just in the life to come. But in this life. Through the one Jesus Christ. We have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And we will reign because we are in Christ Jesus, our King. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. In other words, in John the Prince teaches on this, we are destined to reign. Amen. That is our destiny. That was Adam's destiny. He lost it in of all. But Christ has restored our destiny back to rule in the earth. That's awesome. In case we're still questioning that, let's go to Revelation chapter 5. I know these are in my notes, but I'm just deviating to go with my flow here. Revelation 5, we're going to pick up verse 9, but let me just give you the context of what's happening in Revelation 5. I love this passage, Revelation 5. The cross is just taking place. And it's a picture of, when you, when you, when you start off in verses 1, verse 1, John, who gets this vision of the scroll that can't be opened. Because there's no one worthy to open the scroll. And it says that John would begin to weep. He began to weep bitterly because there was no one worthy to open the scroll. And then, as he was weeping, the angel of the Lord touched him and said, Stop weeping. And he looked and he saw in the midst of the throne. Now a throne is where the king is. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. And this is where the king rules. The king rules from his throne. Mm-hmm. And it said. Standing on the throne was a lamb, as though it was slain. That's our king, and it said that what, this lamb was worthy to open the scroll, even if we don't understand what the scroll meant, we understand it was enough for John to weep bitterly, and it was enough that it changed the language and it changed the the song in heaven, even like a song, and you just keep playing it over and over again. It tries to show you crazy. She might love the song, but when I keep playing the same song over and over again, she's like, Well, you changed the song. You know, I like the song, but now I'm not liking it anymore. You know, in heaven they have one song that it kept singing over and over again. But it says, it says uh, at the beginning of verse 9. And they sing a new song. Whatever Jesus did, I don't know this. I mean, I'm being facetious here, but whatever he did, it changed the music. They 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 the elevator music in the, in the in the in the department store, you know it was different. But and they sang a new song, and this was this is one of the new song they sang. You are worthy, talking about the Lamb to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, I have every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Christ has redeemed us by his blood. And he has made us to be kings and priests to reign on the earth. We've been translating out the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And we, and we have received the abundance of his grace and the gift of righteousness. We shall reign on the earth. That is our privilege. That is our ordination. That is our responsibility. Okay. Is that making sense? Yes. We are. In other words, sickness, death does not reign over my life. And I'm not just, it's not just about sickness, it's about other things, anything that's from the curse. God reigns. Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. He preached the power of God to salvation. Salvation is an all-inclusive world. We're to include sickness, wholeness. If there's anything in your life that is not whole. That's why I love the word wholeness. Because to me it covers anything. If there's anything in your life that is not whole. Because the blood of Jesus makes it whole. And you know it's going to be hard to reign. It, it, it's going to be hard to reign if you're broken. If there's an area of your life that's broken. You can be healthy as healthy as it can be, but you have no money to do anything, it's going to be hard to rain. Mm-hmm. You don't have any resources. Mm-hmm. You can have all the resources in the world, but if you're if you're sick, you're limited, what you can do? You can have all the resources in the world, you can be healthy, but if in your soul you're wounded, you're locked up in a room somewhere, or whatever the case may be, you're not going to be able to reign. Whatever's going on, if, 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 if you, you can have all these things going for you, but you have some addiction, whether it's gossip or something immoral or whatever it may be, if, it, if you have this addiction, you're going you're to have troubles reigning. If there's anything upon this curse that is controlling your life, if it's controlling you, how are you going to reign over it? Let alone anybody or anything else. But it doesn't reign, whatever the situation, God reigns. Amen. And God, the Spirit, the kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of God is within us. And we are destined in the rain. We are not, we're not going to tell the situation, uh, God about the situations that he has already redeemed by his blood. He, we're not going to tell the situation about our God. Because he is king. He is Lord. And this thing, whatever it is, sickness, disease, strife, whatever, it must bow to the name of Jesus.
1: Amen. That we have
0: been given power of attorney to use kept to the glory of the Father. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so, the kingdom of God is here. And it's here name. Alright, let uh, see where I want to go next. Oh, I, just, I just used a lot of my verses here. I wanted to use. Okay, let's go to Isaiah <laughs> 9. I love this passage. And this right with the Christmas season right here. But I love this passage of scripture in Isaiah. I say that I love our lot of scripture because I love a lot of scriptures. But I love it that it's not I don't want it to be Devolji. I don't want it to be just my commentary. I want anything I'm teaching to be based on the Word of God. That, I can't put faith in what I believe by by itself, isolated from anything else. I can only put faith in what I think scripture says. And That gives me boldness to be able to claim it. Hopefully that makes
1: sense.
0: Mm-hmm. But it says, it says, I love this. It says, for unto who? As. Us. Who's us? Us. Does that include you? Yes. That includes me? Yes. Okay, so okay. For unto us a child is born. Unto who? Us. A son is given. And the government will be upon his children. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, to zeal the Lord of the host will perform this. I've been good stuff in here, I'm not going to focus on all that. But again, the king got this child. This son, and may, may I add, this king, that has been born unto us. Has been born to who? Us. us. He's been born to us. He's been given to us. And the government will be upon yes. his shoulder. And it goes on to say in verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. We can read on in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 2, He is our king of peace. He is our king of righteousness. He, well, I just said that right here, he's our prince of peace. Mm -hmm. You know, he's our king. Let me just say this, there's a lot I can say about this passage of scripture. That when sickness is reigning in someone's body, in that situation, in that circumstance, his kingdom is not increasing. When sin or addiction is reigning in someone's life, in that situation, his kingdom is not increasing. When someone is emotionally, or even spiritually, which usually to go hand in hand, uh, not doing well, like this man locking himself in a room, in that situation, his kingdom is not increasing. When there's strife, divorce, division, and it comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes, in those situations, his kingdom is when the church is perceived poor as a church mouse, when it can't do anything,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's striving to get money to even do anything. And mm-hmm. I know there's different circumstances. I'm not anything. To I'm not putting anybody down. Yeah. But in those situations, when they when we're not operating as the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, when we're not operating that way, in those situations, His kingdom is not increasing. I mean, other we're we the head. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. Mm -hmm. We are the children of God. We are the people of God. And so if we're not leading the way by the kingdom of God, then something else is leading. Mm -hmm. Something else is governing. I mean, you know that if my finances dictate what I can and cannot do, it's controlling me. Amen. If my body is dictating what I can and cannot do, it's controlling me. If, whatever the situation may be. And the Bible says, uh, and the, this, it says that this child, this son was given and born to who? Us. And his government shall be, the government shall be upon his children, and his government shall be increasing. Now when G- John the Baptist went about preaching, repent, the kingdom of God is here. Jesus went to God preached preach the kingdom of God is here, healing the sick, healing all those who were uh, 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 with diseases, and other scriptures, all those who were oppressed by the devil. When Jesus sent out the 12 and the 70, and then later on he sent out the church in Mark 16, God will preach the kingdom of God is here. And, and these signs will follow those who believe. He will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He will raise up the dead. You will, uh, different things, all of a sudden you mentioned. When we come to someone who's sick and we lay hands on them and we minister to them and they are healed, in that situation, his kingdom is increasing. Amen. When there's been strife, I don't care what, how it started, where it started, how, how big it's been, how long it's gone, but when his mercy begins to reign. In that situation, there's forgiveness, and there's mercy, and there's grace, and there's reconciliation. His kingdom is increasing. When there's been lack and been resources, for example, when Jesus fed the 4,000, when he fed the 5,000, because they were hungry, mm-hmm. and he met their needs, even supernaturally. In that situation, the, the lack of the food didn't reign. His kingdom was increasing. Amen. When someone who's been in addiction for years, Maybe it's been an alcohol that's reigned in the family for generations. But they finally get set free. I'm not just, say, I'm not just saying that they have strong willpower to resist the bottle, But they are free. And they are f- delivered. In that situation, his kingdom is increasing. This child, this son, has been born unto us that we can increase his kingdom in the earth. He told his disciples, he's told the 70, go and preach, repent for the kingdom of God. Change your mind. Stop looking for some program. Well, not against programs in not against themselves. But don't look to some program. Look to Jesus. He is your redeemer. He is your healer. So many people are looking for healing and not the healer. So many people are looking for provision and not the provider. So many people are looking for salvation and not the savior. But, but we, his kingdom is here. His kingdom is without us. And his kingdom is supposed to be advancing. His kingdom is supposed to be increasing. And when we come on the scene, like David came on the scene with Goliath, who was defying the armies of the living God, there should be something that rises up in us that says, I'm not going to put up with this. Amen. This is not right. Goliath does not run my nation. Goliath does not run my family. He doesn't tell me what I can and cannot do. God reigns. I have a covenant relationship with him. I'm going to get in that. Uh, uh, hopefully today. If not, I'll get into it next week. But it's just a, uh, you know, we have a covenant relationship with him. And his kingdom is here. And it's here and it's reigning in the situation. Mm-hmm. David didn't come out against Goliath in his own strength. He came against him, him in the name of the Lord. He we talked about that last week. And if I get a chance, I'll get to that again this week. We came against him in the name of the Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm. must be. Bow to the king. You know, even back in ancient days, and, and when the when the king came, when the king presence was there, they were required to bow. If they didn't bow, they could they could be off with their head or into the dungeon or whatever the consequence was. It was a capital offense to not hail the king and not not bow to the king. Mm-hmm. Jesus is our king, mm-hmm. and sickness and all these things that God has redeemed us from must bow to the name. And the kingdom and the lordship of Jesus Christ. And that kingdom is within us. And the authority we have is not of ourselves. It's because the kingdom is within us. The king is in us. And the king has made his abode in us. And we are abiding in him and he is in us. That making sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Alright, let's see what we have next. I love this. I, I go to Isaiah 52. Verse 7, I use this a lot, anyone who knows me, I use this scripture all the time. When people come just for prayer, I usually go right here, I do this passage. But let me read it for context, it says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Good news is the gospel. The gospel. How beautiful are the feet of Him who brings good news. You know, it says in Galatians, uh, no, Ephesians chapter 6 when Paul's talking about the armory of God. The armor of God. He, in verse 15 he says, Let your feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. How beautiful are the mountains of Him who brings the gospel, who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings bad tidings and good things, who proclaims salvation, and who says to your God reigns. Now, first of all, when I come into a situation, especially, let's you know, say, let me just uh, we get this call sometimes where we get a call that someone's in the hospital. We get calls all the time, sometimes they're people we know, sometimes they're not people we know I don't know at all. When we come into the hospital room, no matter what, been, what the case may be, usually in that room, I'm on the family, and then sometimes the person themselves, there's no peace. There's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of emotion. And there's a lot of fear, and there's all kinds of fear. you know, it's hard to minister when there's not
1: peace,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I don't whatever the situation will be, it could be a financial one, it could be all kinds of different situations. You know, we get in calls where there's a, a marriage conflict, we go in there and we kind of uh, get in there and step in and try to first thing we're to we want to counsel, but we can't counsel until we get some peace. You know, if things are flying, of course, we've never had that, but if, if mm-hmm. but words are flying. And if emotions are all over the place, we're going to bring peace in that situation. And we have authority to proclaim peace. Amen. Jesus spoke to the storm. He spoke to the sea. He spoke to things. And he declared peace over that situation. And we can declare peace over the situation. It must bow. Because God has redeemed us and we shall reign on the earth. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is within us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The second thing we'll do, though, we're not going to just leave there in peace. It's one nice to be peace, but we want to redeem the situation. And we can proclaim salvation. We can, this is the uh, Old Testament, so we're Hebrew, Yeshua, meaning salvation. And we can proclaim healing and wholeness and prosperity in the situation. We, we proclaim it. The word proclaim is another word for preach. We can preach peace. We can preach salvation. we proclaim salvation in this place. We proclaim peace in this situation, in this place, in our minds. You know, when I think about peace, I'm thinking about, he says, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Change your minds. Get back into peace. Get back, Peter, walking on the water. He's in peace, walking on the water, looking at Jesus. He gets his eyes off Jesus on the storm. He's out of peace. Amen. Repent. Get your eyes back on Jesus. And you know, sometimes the best prayer. Is H E L P? Help. Peter didn't have a long time to dialogue some big long uh, King James's prayer. You know, by that time he would. You know, I don't know the last time you you tried to uh, walk on water in a swimming pool or something, but it's not like a slow elevator ride into the pool. When you start to sink, you start you go down pretty fast. Mm-hmm. I don't you know you have enough time to even think of the word help. But that's the way you're thinking. I don't mean to uh, make that long. But we have the power and the authority to proclaim peace. And I love the last one. And so, proclaim salvation. And he said, who says to Zion? Now, if you study that out, we've done this in the times past. But Zion is the people of God. Zion is the bride of Christ. Zion is, is the church of God. I have a lot of scriptures I can bring out to, to tie all that in. He says to Zion, his people, his bride and he makes it personal your God reigns the situation doesn't reign the sickness doesn't reign the the strife doesn't reign the government doesn't reign my God reigns and God repent for the kingdom of God is here the kingdom of God doesn't have jurisdiction the kingdom of God is here it's within us that makes sense?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so I don't care whether I have all respect for doctors. I have all respect for our government. Whether I agree with them or not, I still have respect for the position. I still have respect for the office. And I respect them, I the office. I respect their names. But my God has the last say.
1: Amen.
0: May God be true to every man a liar. If what they say contradicts what my God says, my God reigns. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. That includes myself. How many of you know that we are our worst critics. We complain and we we complain when no one else is around.
1: <laughs> how many of you have <laughs> argued
0: with yourself? You know, how many of you had a, a this big long fight with yourself? You know, just getting down on yourself and whatnot. When it, you know, we are the worst, and we have no mercy when it comes to ourselves sometimes. I know. Now we want other people to show us mercy. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know uh, but. So it applies there too. My God reigns. And if what we're not saying to ourselves doesn't line up to the word of God, then it must bow to the word of God. Amen. And we need that reminder. Our God reigns. Okay? Um, okay, let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Always marveled when, Je- when the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. You know, they could have asked a lot of different things, but that was one thing. You can tell whether that That tells me they noticed that Jesus prayed. And they also know that when he prayed, something happened. How many of you know that Jesus didn't do anything without spending time with the Father? That's true. And I believe most of those prayer times was he didn't do all the talking. He got direction from the Father, but I don't believe the, the Lord's Prayer. I love the Lord's Prayer. I don't think it's something that I don't think it's wrong to recite it, but I don't think it was meant to just be recited. Mm-hmm. It was a model. It was meant to be prayed to. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with that. He says, "In this manner, therefore, pray." And I love this first verse two verses here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse ten, especially your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we can go on uh, we'll we'll come back to some of this in in, in a little bit later but it says your kingdom come your will be done I know again a lot lot of what I'm saying speaking to the choir we know these things but sickness is not going on in heaven correct lack is not in heaven that's right. There's not strife in heaven. No. There's not sin and addiction in heaven.
1: No.
0: There's other things that we can highlight. But his kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What did Jesus do? He healed us. That That question came to him from John the pastor's disciples. They came to him and asked him, are you the Christ? And Jesus responds to him, what do you see me doing? I've healed the sick. Mm-hmm. i cast out demons. Mm-hmm. I've raised the dead. Mm-hmm. I've done miracles. Actually, John said that he did so many miracles, in John 21, verse 26, that the, the world could not contain the books, contain what he did. And he did everything he did in three and a half years. Yeah, that's he didn't even start his ministry until he was he baptized and received the Holy Spirit. And everything he did, he did in three and a half years. So much that John said there would not be enough books to write of all the things that he did. And we're going to get into this a little bit. bit. We talked about this last week. But he says, you shall do the works that I did and even greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. So God's kingdom is not of this world. But when Jesus demonstrated the kingdom of God, he said the kingdom of God is here. How did he demonstrate that kingdom? He demonstrated that by healing the sick, setting people free. He said when he started his ministry, the very first verse he read, he read out of Isaiah 61. It says in, in Luke chapter 4, we read this a couple weeks ago, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to preach the good news, to, to heal the sick, to, to set the captives free the hill of broken heart. That's what he did. And we are to pray that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that should be our prayer. And see, the way, and I'm not. Uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, see how much time I got here. You're good. Okay. I hope I get enough time to get my thought out on that. Uh, let's go to Romans 7, 14, 17. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. I'm going to tie this hopefully back into where I want to get to and we um, connect with this verse. Romans 14, 17. Paul's writing says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now I wish we had time, I don't I'm not going to spend time so much talking about the righteousness, peace and joy the righteous, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, but there's a lot I can say about this, but because of time, I want to move forward for right now. I'll to come back in later and talk about the righteous, peace, and joy. Um, but, that, but the kingdom of God is righteous, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Former account I made, Luke is writing, he said, I made O the office of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up after he he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom he, Jesus, also presented himself alive after his suffering by many invaluable proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus spent 40 days between his resurrection and his ascension preaching about the kingdom of God, okay? We'll figure it out. We'll we'll fast forward here. Uh, They asked him, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times of season which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power, dunamis, the miracle-working power of God as inherited by nature, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me and to Jerusalem, and to all Judea, and the Samaria, to the Amel- and the, Amel- and the Amel- Okay? I want to, before I comment on this, I want to read a couple more scriptures. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Let me just get these scriptures out here, and then I'll tie you some together, okay? <clears throat> Said so far. <clears throat> <clears throat> <Sorry.
1: clears
0: throat> Paul is speaking here in Romans chapter 8. He says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, <clears throat> but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba Father. And the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And of children and heirs, and heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together with Him. Now I know I'm reading a lot of different scriptures here, but let me at least try to connect some things that I've already mentioned up to this point. <clears throat> I'm trying to try to tie a couple of things in here. Paul just said in Romans 14 that the kingdom of God is is. Christ's joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. And then we read in Acts that he talked about the kingdom of God for 40 days, and he told them, because they asked him, he, ask him what he had the time to restore. He, they were talking about natural kingdom to Israel. He says, it's not for you to know the times and seasons, but you shall receive power from the Holy You know, growing up, I always thought, why did Jesus boycott the question? <laughs> why did he just ignore the question and just talk about the Holy Spirit? I believe now he was actually answering the question about restoring the kingdom of God of Israel. Yeah, got it. Paul, uh, Paul and his letters had already talked about I uh, just lost that thought. Um, shoot, I just lost the thought I just had have you ever you ever had that moment? Yeah. just Oh yeah. I mean even when I'm talking we get what you're just gonna say. Um, well, we'll, we'll, I thought we would have to come back. But they, been, uh, the kingdom of God is in this, we've been talking about. The kingdom of God is here. This is what the thought Thank you. Get back. And everybody will start talking, To start coming. <clears throat> but he always said, All Israel is not of Israel. Right. And there's a whole teaching I'm not going to go into right now. But true Israel are those who are born of God, who are born of Christ. It says in Paul says in Galatians that the, the prom, we just talked about this in our last series, that the promise was made to Abraham and his seed, meaning one. Meaning Christ. It says that in Galatians 3.16. And it goes on to say in Galatians 3.29 that if we are of Christ, and we are of Abraham's seed. We are of Christ, of Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the there is an inheritance. There is a heritage because we are the children of God. We are the seed of Christ. And God is restoring his kingdom to Israel. But it's not to natural Israel. It's to true Israel. Because the kingdom of God is where? Within us. This child, this son, was born to us. And the government will be upon his shoulder. They were looking for a natural. But Paul also said in Romans, that to be naturally minded is now. Mm-hmm. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. God's kingdom is not of this world. It's not a natural kingdom. They didn't understand this at this time. We already read that unless we are born again, we can't even see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God can't be seen with a natural eye. It is within us. It is a spiritual kingdom. The spiritual was always here before the natural. The spiritual created the natural. The, the spiritual is more real than the natural, mm-hmm. but we've been functioning in the natural ever since we were born and ever since we could reason. So we function on a, in a natural realm when the spiritual is more real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the spiritual is the is the is the is the, the, the the kingdom of God. It's the it's the, I want to say the controlling force. It's the the parent force. It's 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 more real. It's more powerful. But the spirit of God. Did not uh, those who are led by the Spirit of God are all the, the sons of God? They are the children of God. And if we are the children of God, then we are of the seed of the promise of Abraham. And in other words, we are of the seed of Abraham. Then we are also true Israel. I'm not so much talking about being true Israel, but that's in the context here. We are the children of God, and if we are true, chil- if we are children, because the Spirit Himself bears witness with our Spirit that we are the children of God. Excuse me. and if we are children then we are heirs according to the promise this heritage has a lot to do with everything and I, I don't have time to use all the scriptures here it's later on in my message but we're going to see later on in Hebrews chapter 9 about the covenant and when a covenant is given for example if my father had a will that will and he's a testator, that will the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 9 that the, the covenant has no effect while the testator still lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But once that testator dies, and say, my father had a will, and my name was on it, it wouldn't be until he passed away, through the death certificate, and through the proper channel of the legal uh, system, we would go and we would uh, receive, I would receive that heritage, I would receive the, the benefits of that covenant of thy will, because the testator died. Mm-hmm. Jesus has made a covenant with us. And because Jesus died through the finished work of the cross, the covenant of God is in full operation. And the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and we are heirs of this covenant. What does that have to do with that? Because those who are heirs, the kingdom of God has been given to the heritage of, those who are heirs of Christ, those who are heirs of the seed of Abraham, those who are true Israel, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He's the, the, in other words, I'm trying to bring this out, and I'll bring this out a lot more even next week. But the, the Holy Spirit, his job, He had many, he's our, yes, he's our counselor, he's our paraclete, he's our helper, he's our guide. But he, one thing the Holy Spirit is teaching us, because he's also a teacher, he's teaching us that we are the children of God. He's teaching us that the, the kingdom of God is not food and drink. The kingdom of God is righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Jesus did not start demonstrating the kingdom of God through his miracles and through the signs and wonders and healings until he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is here. It's within us. Hopefully this is making sense. I'm barely getting into this. But um, go, go with me real quick to, Let's skip ahead. John 14. I just went here last week. And we we'll am this top one here. And I'm got to tie this into the Lord's Prayer that we have read already. I'm skipping over a couple things to get to here. Then I can tie in what we talked about last week, and tie in also what I'm teaching about this morning mm-hmm. as we kind of bring this to a conclusion this morning. Now, I just want to make note in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is, it's just before Jesus goes to the cross. John 13, he just washed, they just had the Lord's supper, the Last Supper. Uh, um, Passover and they all, he just washed their feet he spends three chapters John 14, 15, and 16 he's talking about the Holy Spirit he's talking about this paracleta his, this helper, this counselor who's going to be then, with them I love this passage he been a whole several hours just teaching from uh, John 4, 12 to 14 but he said how do you know that anytime Jesus says anything it's true most of your Bibles this would be read in but in case we are misunderstood, he says, most assuredly. And Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also. How many of you will be okay with that? Mm-hmm. What did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. dead, dead. He, sp- he spoke to the storm. He walked on water. He fed the multitudes. He did, a- he did so many things that John said. That there can't be enough books to be right written about all the things that he did. He says, and greater works than these will we do also because I go to the Father. Key word here. Because I go to the Father, we will do greater works. Not only will we do the works that he did, but we will do greater works. What, what, what are the greater works? There has been no other generation or no other age since the cross that has, has experienced the finished work of the cross. From Adam to this point, there had never been the finished work of the cross. we have never been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. No other age, up to this point, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because he goes, the Bible says in Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11, that his word will not return void, but it will accomplish for the thing that he purposed. How many know that the word of God is not the ink? The word of God is a person, and his mm-hmm. name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came to die that we may live. Okay. Jesus came to go to the cross, and the word is not going to go back to the Father. Void, he's going to the Father because he is finishing the work that he was assigned to do, and that is the finished with the cross. And because he goes to the Father, we will do greater works than these, and we will lose because there's been no other age that has been filled that has been redeemed. There has been no other age that has been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son. sun. There has been no, no other age that much more of those who receive received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. There has been no other age that he has redeemed by his blood and he has made us kings and priests to reign the earth. But because we are kings and priests to reign the earth, we will do the works that he did because his spirit, his nature, you shall receive power. That word power. Is the miracle working power of God that is inherited by nature. We have, the work, we have the same Spirit, the same power, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon us because He has anointed us with His power to do the work that He did. Why? So we can shine? No, that we can be the church of Jesus Christ. We can be the church of the living God and be the Spirit of God and let His kingdom reign on earth as it is in heaven. That is why He came. He came to redeem us. We are not under the curse, we are not under sickness, we are not under all these things. We are redeemed and we are filled with the Spirit and the power, the same miracle-working power of God, that it was inherited by nature. The same Spirit that was in Jesus, before He ever started His ministry, He received the Holy Spirit. Before He did one miracle, before He did raise one person from the dead, before He healed one sickness, He received the Holy Spirit. And we are going to receive the same Holy Spirit, we are going to receive the and another reason, I've taught him this before. Jesus was powerful because he was righteous. Sin, sickness and all this stuff cannot answer the flesh and blood. It cannot answer the sin. But Jesus was righteous. Because Jesus was righteous, he had authority over the storm. He had authority over sickness. He had authority over the fish. He had authority over the waves. Because he was righteous. But because he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The kingdom of God is righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Hope we are making sense with all this. But we should do the greater works in these because he goes to the Father. And then I love verse 13. And verse 13 starts with a conjunction: and. Not only will we do the greater works that he did, because he goes to the Father, but because he goes to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. A couple things I just want to point out. John 14, 15 and 16. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Five times, once here, it's actually twice right here. Twice in John 15 and twice in John 16, Jesus makes the same declaration that whatever we ask in his name, he will do. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, but Jesus is also being very repetitive, saying that whatever we ask in his name. When we ask something in his name, that is power of eternity. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I don't have time to share the whole story, but of Purdue awesome when he, but he so the person who taught him how to buy cattle, taught him how to buy cattle, finally gave him his checkbook. He says, whenever you go buy cattle, buy cattle for me. And when he got cattle, he just started signing, because he was given authority, he started signing his, 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 the other guy's checks for him. The banker caught it, and it was all fine, because it was all authorized. But the banker says, when you write his checks now, because you have power of attorney to write his checks, write the check this way. Write the person's name and buy your name. Because that's how power of attorney works. I'm going to write, for example, let's just say I was writing a check for, for a power of attorney for Sherry, I would sign her name by Dave Everett. That's power of attorney. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, He's given us power to ask in His name. Why? Because we go to the Father. Why? Because we've become one flesh with Him. We are the children of God. We have the spirit of adoption. He says, what, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. Let me back at one other point before I go here. The word ask, if you study the word ask in the Greek, and I'm going a little fast, but I'm just trying to tie all this in real, real quick here. The word ask means to demand what is due. When we sign a check, we're not, we're not using gunpoint, we're not doing anything illegal, but we're basically making a demand to, 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 to collect funds on, uh, uh, based on that signature. When you use power of a you're basically making a demand on the check. When you, a will is done and the tester dies into the legal system, through the death certificate, the legal system, you're basically demanding that heritage. To the proper channels, to the right authorization, that is being done. that making sense? Mm -hmm. But it's a demand. Uh, A cop once told me that when someone does fraudulent checks, when someone embezzles, they are, that's one of the reasons why it's a felony. Because they are basically demanding funds. They're not using a gun. They're not using a weapon. But they are uh, fraudulently demanding what is not due them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it's the same, he says it's the same as if they were holding the gun. That signature in that project, it's the same in the front eyes of the legal system as if they were holding a gun and robbing the bank, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. So I'm just making a picture that we can ask what is due. Why? Because it's ours. Because of the cross. It's ours because of redemption. It's part of our heritage. Because he's our testator. And whatever we ask in his name, I would do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Why is the Father glorified in the Son? That's what the Son came to do. He came to set us free. He came to give us salvation. I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about I'm talking about everything that I'm talking about all the provision and prosperity and wholeness and salvation God has given us. But the Father may be glorified in the Son. God is not glorified when we're suffering. Amen. God is not glorified when His kingdom is not advancing. Mm-hmm. God is not glorified when the situations are ordained over you and His kingdom is not advancing. Does that make any sense? Yep. So, Lord, it says, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is heaven." When I pray, and Andrew teaches another way to pray, I'm not telling God about my circumstance. Amen. I'm telling my circumstance Amen. about my God. Amen. I have authority in His name Amen. to use His name. Actually, we if we were to, if we were, to, if, we were to, if we scroll this down, go with me real quick. To we'll close with this, John 16. I think it's verse 24. Okay. Verse 23, I'll go down to 26. It says, In that day, you still talk about the Holy Spirit, same context. You will ask me nothing, most assuredly, I say to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name, and you will, will see that your joy may be full. Up to this point, they haven't been asking his name before the cross, before mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit has come. <coughs> I'll figure verse 26. Excuse me for going a little fast. He says, In that day, You will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. In other words, God says, In that day, I'm not going to pray for you. I have given you power and authority. Turn to ask in my name. I'm not going to, don't pray to me because I've already done it. I have already provided it in my cross. I have already provided it in my salvation. My, repent, change the way you think. Change the way that you operate. Because my kingdom is here. And my kingdom is within you. Don't come to me asking me the, the, about your situation. You ask. You use my the power of attorney and you ask. Is it just like uh, uh, Peter and John? Silver and gold I have not, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. We have a power of attorney to use his name. I guess we need to know of his will, but we know it's God's will to heal. We know it's God's will to provide. We know it's God's will to, to, to reconcile. And, and uh, we, I know there's different variables involved. We don't want things to become, you know, we don't want to be involved with something, that, something that's going to become an idol to them whatnot. not. But, you know, I'm not, we're not going in all that. God, God is our provider. Am I making sense this morning? Yes, yes. As I bring this to a close, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God would done us. And I believe that we have authority when, we, when he says his kingdom come his will be done on earth as in heaven we can say his kingdom will reign in my life. His kingdom is going to reign in my thought life. His kingdom is going to reign in my finances, in my body. His kingdom is going to reign in, in my emotions. His kingdom is going to reign in my family. His kingdom is going to reign in my church. His kingdom is going to reign in my car, my situations, the thing that God has given His kingdom is going to reign in my city, in, my, in the government, in the region I live in. His kingdom is going to reign in this country. His kingdom is going to reign in the world. His kingdom come, His will be done on earth. It's not just a passive, and I wasn't to think, it's not a passive prayer. It's not a hopeful prayer. No, there's authority behind it. And we have power of attorney to, to I pray differently. I, I expect results. <coughs> Jesus says, "Speak to the mountain, tell it to move."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're not telling God about the mountain; we're telling the mountain about her God, and we're telling it to move. We're telling it to cast into the sea. We're telling it to move out of the way. We're telling it to bow to the name of Jesus that He has given us authority. Mm-hmm. Lord, we worship you. We exalt you. Lord, I know there's a lot of more to say, and I have said, Lord, I, I not so much that you people remember what I've said, but they. Lord, your word will become uh, life in their, their hearts. And Lord, they will, the message that you want them to hear this morning about your kingdom come, your will be done, your kingdom is here. I pray for all of us, including myself, that we will continue to operate differently than we have even in the past. But that uh, we will act, we will operate with authority. We will act, operate with conviction that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is in us. And Lord, we can change our circumstances, we can change our situations, not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And we worship you, we exalt you, we magnify Jesus in this place, in our situations that we are facing and endure. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. And we proclaim peace, and we proclaim salvation, and we declare that our God reigns. We worship your majesty. We exalt you, our King, our Lord, and our God. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen.